Hi, I'm Chev Pring, and you're listening to Learning Lessons, How to Make Education Work for the Future. In this podcast, I discuss the philosophy and changes that represent a paradigm shift in how we look at education. I will be talking to guests, education and alternative provision providers and professionals along the way to outlining a future education system that's fit for purpose in the 21st century and beyond. Welcome to the show. Hi, welcome to episode five. What's the point of education anyway? So I wanted to explore why freedom is at the heart of education. And this episode is looking at the reason why we educate rather than from the philosophical standpoint. This is from the view of educators. I asked the question, what is the point of education anyway? To my network of educators and the following is based on the thematic responses to their input. The question I asked them was this. I said, hello, hive mind. I am in the midst of recording the first season of my podcast and I wanted to give an idea of what people think of education in an episode. I was hoping you could give me roughly 200 word answers to the following question. What's the point of education anyway? I got some really honest and passionate feedback and it is much appreciated to everyone who contributed. I had a variety of responses from a variety of different backgrounds and sources. The diversity included armory veterans, sixth form tutors, former chairs of governors, SEMH teachers, health and safety advisors and tutors in mainstream and in special school settings. It is important to note the diversity of sources because as you will see, the message that shines through is surprisingly focused. I will use first names only for the participants here, but their contributions will be in the show notes if you want to read them at any point. So the contributions I had, I'm going to read through now. So firstly, one from Vicky. She says, I've no idea on word count, but what's the point of education anyway? I have opinions about what's left in the era of the internet and AI. To learn how to learn for yourself, to teach yourself from available resources, including identifying suitable sources. E.g. currently, by 16, kids are still mostly spoon-fed, which is not acceptable in my opinion, because of the high density of compulsory content. Weirdly, their independence seems to be undone, somewhere between primary and 16. 16 to 19 is when some courses and training gets them to start doing around 30 to 50% independently. Level 4 to 6 degree, this increases. By the end of level 7 or master's level, we expect learners to be approaching the point where they only need to touch base once a week. To have time to develop social skills and form connections with others who you can teach and learn from. Some would say to prepare for the workplace, but workplaces these days should have the responsibility for ensuring they support staff and learn what they need at the point they need it, as that can't be predicted in advance due to the pace of change. So compulsory stage education, I think, should be more about work ethic including in preparing learners for running their non-work lives and building their own enterprise. I strongly believe 
that pressure achieves the opposite, so relaxed, happy environments for both staff and learners have always been what I've tried to provide within education systems I've worked in and lead and what I've sought or requested for my children. In my experience, exam results naturally follow as a side effect of coupled with a collective vision for the direction of learning. In order to reduce pressure, I lobby to remove time limits on assignments wherever I can. In order to increase happiness, I always start with those I immediately have responsibility for, e.g. the team around me and the teachers who report to me, because I believe happiness is infectious. Next, we have a contribution from Chris, who says, Education is a basic need one we share with most of the animal kingdom. To learn from others around us is to learn to survive. It's in our DNA. When it comes to the education system, it is tasked with doing this within the confines of our modern society, to give the people of all ages the skill and knowledge, as well as the certification, to function and continue to develop. However, education is only done partly by the education system. We learn from everything in our environment. We learn how to avoid danger, seek comfort, seek food, drink and shelter and keep safe. One of the key ways in which this is done, especially in mammals, is through mimicking and play. One of my favourite sayings is life is like a folding, folding a fitted sheet. No one actually knows how to do it. But as kids develop, the adults in their lives are surviving and so they mimicking and play what they absorb through life. This is education. Next contribution is from Doug. Doug says, The purpose of education is to give young people opportunity. If they are literate, they have the opportunity to read anything they want, from the administrative requirements of life to stories and poetry. If they are numerate, they have the opportunity to manage their finances and understand value in an increasingly complex economy. If they have good communication skills, they have the opportunity to talk to others, to share their own voice, thoughts and feelings. If they are given the tools to make sense of themselves, they have the opportunity to be the most amazing version of themselves that it is possible to be. If they are shown how the world works, they have the opportunity to really make a difference to the world. What they do with those opportunities is, in part, up to them, and in part, how those opportunities are presented to them by the people educating them. Next, we have a contribution from Beverly, and she says, What would be the point of anything without education? Education, in all its guises, serves as the cornerstone of personal and societal progress. It gives individuals the tools that enable them to understand and navigate the world that they inhabit. It helps to foster creativity, critical thinking and problem-solving. It allows humans to adapt to an ever-evolving world, promoting innovation and resilience. 
Education provides a role in reducing inequalities as it opens doors and can break the cycle of poverty. It allows economic growth and enriches cultures. It allows people to understand civic responsibilities and make informed decisions. Most importantly, education nurtures a sense of curiosity and a lifelong desire to learn. This, in turn, helps people to adapt in times of continuous change. It instills values, empathy and an ability to understand perspectives wider than one's own. The point of education in the 21st century is to develop well-rounded young people who can contribute in meaningful ways to society and cope with the complexities of a rapidly changing world. Next, we have a contribution from Rob. He says, I use my geography to understand the profile lifted from a map to keep me safe navigating the earth with friends and family. This brings me joy. I use my Latin to appreciate ancient monuments and what they meant to our ancestors. This brings me joy. I use my other languages to decode the essence of what a foreign cousin is trying to explain to me in their mother tongue, in their land. This brings me joy. I use my maths to work out rough hypotenuse and load bearing so I can set up safe anchor points for climbing with friends. This brings us joy. I use my history to appreciate the patterns of human behaviour and migration to reflect on how much progress we're making as a civilization. I look for the joy in those who have evolved. I use my sciences to forecast outcomes of cooking flavour combinations in the kitchen. This brings joy to many. I use my sciences to plan pet projects on the weekends, as well as sharing experiments with learners at school to appreciate our effect upon the world and our potential through greater experiment and understanding. This brings us joy. I use my English to attempt to understand empathise and communicate with my tribe. I'm perennially grateful for all those (coughs) who sought to gain knowledge and learning, process and bothered to communicate it with me, and for those who still take the time and have the patience. This is the essence of tribal living. And lastly, we have a contribution from Liz, who says... Put simply, I believe that the point of education is to prepare young people to be members of our communities and wider society. Too often we see this to mean grades, exams or careers, but I think that's extremely reductive and limiting. The purpose of education is to show children how to interact with others, how to be compassionate and how to use their unique skills to better their lives and others. Every single child has something valuable to offer, regardless of grades or career choices. The minute we leave education and enter the big wide world, we all realise the same thing. We work to live, not live to work. So isn't it utterly bizarre that our curriculum teaches children that, in essence... They amount to numbers on a spreadsheet and grades on a CV. When I was a secondary school teacher, 
I worked with many colleagues who truly believed that our job was helping these children achieve GCSE grades and nothing more. I couldn't wrap my head around it. What about the discussions, debates, the relationships, the curiosity? I vividly remember sitting down with my mentor in my training year, worried that my students didn't feel comfortable or happy in my classroom. Her answer was, we're here to teach them, not to be their friend. I disagreed then, and I disagree now. In education, we do not just teach. We offer safe spaces, wider opinions, and model healthy emotions and relationships. We give them the space and the resources to grow into themselves. These comments show a picture of the passion and the readiness for education to be something greater than it is currently. They show a support and a dedication to the learners and they show a clear commitment to doing what is right for the next generation. They show that the educators are lifelong learners, those people who contributed, they all are passionate still about what they can bring in terms of learning and development and their own learning journeys. And they're passionate about what learners are learning and why they're learning it. In every single one of those contributions, you can tell that there is a real sense that learners should have an agency, that learners are at the heart of the process. And it's less about what we put in, it's more about how we draw that out. How do we create well-rounded individuals? How do we support people to understand their learning journeys? How do we help them to gain the skills that allow them to contribute across whatever it is they choose to do in society? What they clearly do not do as contributions is depict a clear picture of what education currently is. This is the gap we must bridge. And it starts with asking the question that this first series of podcasts has been asking all along. What is the purpose of education? <clears throat> so if we follow the themes that we can draw out of those contributions, we can see that they follow the same three themes that are broadly what we determined as being the main philosophical touch points for education in earlier podcasts. The first is that education is for the individual. It's about creating a space for individuals to grow and learn and develop into productive, happy, healthy people who can take an ownership and an agency over what they want to do with their lives and how they want to contribute. I think this is absolutely fundamental. It's really right at the very heart of the whole process if we don't see the individual as being the very, very central focal point of education, then I think we do a great disservice to all of our citizens. The second point and the second theme is that education is for society. There was a real sense from those contributions that it's about building those social bonds and those social cohesions. It's about having those social experiences, about sharing our, our passion and our joy and our learning 
with each other as part of a community and as part of a society. There's a real sense that learning is a social activity and that what we contribute is greater than what is just for us. It's about being a part of something bigger than that and about understanding our place in something that's bigger than us, about knowing and accepting and owning the fact that society is ours, that we are part of that and that we have a duty of care and a responsibility and an agency over what society looks like and how society develops. And the third theme that came out of it really strongly is that education is about employment, but it's not about pigeonholing or putting people into boxes. Really clearly from those contributions, we see that the idea of what employment should be is about developing a diverse skill set for people that unlocks the potential of employment, whatever that looks like in the future, for the individuals at the heart of education. It's not about prescriptively saying, this is your pathway, be it academic or vocational, this is a particular skill set you need to learn. It's about empowering people to understand that they have an agency and an ownership and they can take a career path that is of their choosing and that they have that ownership over that skill set, over that learning. And that importantly, as um, Vicky, our first contribution said, that, that the actual idea of teaching what needs to be learned for particular employment is part of a lifelong learning process. It's not something that we, we do in school. It's something that we build the capacity to do throughout our lives as our careers develop and change. We will look a lot more at the practicalities of what these different themes suggest and the elements of, of what education could be as a result of these themes in future podcasts. But following on from this, I think it's worth reflecting back on the podcast about the education philosophy and how we start to view the, the, the underpinnings of these three points, education for the individual, education for society and education for employment. So we first talked about Kant and what's really key here is that he's talking about the freedom of the individual being at the heart of the, the morality that we hold, that without having freedom, morality has no meaning. It's really important as our idea of education for the individual that it, it encompasses the, the moral and the social and the spiritual, that we see it as a holistic process because we're looking at the, the freedom of the individual being absolutely key to that process. If we don't educate freedom as a central part of that, then we're not genuinely creating an individual through the process of education. So without freedom, morality has no meaning. This is a starting point for our philosophy of, of what is behind education of the, the, the epistemology that, that surrounds it. Bringing us on to the second theme and looking at education for society, 
we're looking at moving the philosophy on to the idea of Hegel's dialectic. So we're looking here at without the freedom and the morality that the individual can't exist. But we're also looking at whether the freedom of the individual can exist within the setting of society. And it's through the idea of the dialectic that we start to resolve the problem where the boundaries between the freedom of the individual and the freedom of society start to conflict with each other and we reach this sense of compromise. It's really critical that education understands that this is a fundamental and a foundational premise upon which we're trying to build a skill set for the future and an understanding of what learning is. We need to understand it in terms of this compromise that is made between the freedom of society and the freedom of the individual. The educational aims, philosophically, that we spoke about was to allow people to exist in society and function as products of it. And this requires freedom of choice and freedom of action. There are going to be some links in the show notes and on my website to a variety of sources that hopefully will be of interest on this. There are also links in each episode throughout the series so far that will support the uh, the content and provide some further reading. And there will also be all of the contributions from the different participants uh, who responded to my question. Uh, they will all be in full um, in the show notes as well if you want to read them. I'm really extremely thankful to everyone who contributed. I think the themes that we were able to identify and draw out were completely sympathetic to the philosophy of education that this series has started to look at. And I think there's just further evidence that supports the fact that we need a a serious foundational change in our approach to learning and education moving forward. We cannot tinker at the edges. We need a wholesale review and reform we, we have to get this right. We owe this to the next generation and to those that come after us to support their lifelong learning and their journey and not to give them an education that is to their detriment. Thanks for listening to the show. If you liked the episode, please remember to like and subscribe on your listening platform of choice and check out other episodes in the back catalogue. There's a blog on my website, shevekpreng.com, that has notes, links to research and reading mentioned in the podcast, and a whole range of other content. If you want to continue the conversation, or you have a question about what was in the podcast, find me on LinkedIn or X, formerly Twitter, at Shevpreng, to join the conversation.